Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, uh, we're lucky to be joined this week uh, by undefeated LFA fighter, uh, Natan Levy, uh, getting ready for his uh, LFA 69 bout uh, with Frank uh, Menno, another uh, undefeated fighter. Uh, Natan, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So uh, I uh, I saw you you had announced the uh, the fight on your own social media, Natan, um, and you had called it the uh, the bit the biggest challenge you've ever faced. Is is it because he's undefeated like you, or or is it because something you know about his style? Uh, first of all, he's undefeated in three professional bouts, like I am, mm-hmm. and also I couldn't get much video on him. Not enough to make, you know, a complex uh, game plan. Mm. But I could definitely tell you physically is uh, the strongest I fought without a doubt. I could see him, you know, get out of submissions with pure strength and uh, a few punches on top and finishing guys. So it's definitely not opponent, an opponent I want to get hit by. You, uh, this will be your, your fourth bout for LFA. Um how did they come about signing you? What were you in Vegas when they came around or how, how did you get involved with, uh, with legacy fighting? Uh, I finished my amateur career with four and O and, uh, it only made sense to sign with a big, you know, professional league. Um, most of three out of my four amateur fights were finishes two in the first minute of the fight. So, um, you know, my coach, uh, got in contact with them and, and we got the deal done. What um is what the uh, go ahead, I'm, so, Ed, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The uh the um uh Ron Crook that called your I actually it's funny that you said there's not a lot of video on him because I, I found a lot of video on you. So I'm I'm hoping that's not a problem in uh preparing for the fight cuz I mean Lord knows if he found enough video on you, but uh one of the things I saw in the highlights, I think it was uh, LFA 58 Ron Crook said that the uh that the uf ufc already had their eye on you had you heard anything like that um we spoke about uh doing contender series Mm. a while back but um we'll we'll see you know we'll see what the future holds right now i'm just focused on winning this next fight um it looked like all of your your fights uh, had taken place in the united states what's your status as far as uh being a resident of Israel or have you been in the States for a while or what's your, what, how does that work? So at first I used to come in with uh, my tourist visa just for a few months at a time. Um, I had to leave every three months. So I would spend half a year in Israel and come back to the Vegas for three months just to train and hopefully get an amateur fight. Uh, because of that issue, it took me a couple of years to get an amateur fight. Cause when one would get canceled, I would, immediately have to fly back home Mm. i didn't have time to wait another month and um a year and a half ago i got a a visa it's called p1 it's for performers for athletes and uh, i've been living here since and i can fight pro this way so uh talking about your 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 um where you're coming from and stuff only because i noticed it in the in uh i forget which uh, event it was i don't think it was 58 it might have been the other the other event but you had you had a 
a T-shirt on that they uh, that you put on. I, I know you you hold up the flag when you, when you win and stuff and take the picture with your team, but you had a T-shirt that said Jiu-Jitsu, J-E-W Jitsu. Is uh, but you also your profile says you have a background in karate and kung fu. So how did you how did you mix all your your training disciplines together? Yeah, so my background is uh, karate. Mm-hmm. I grew up doing kung fu, and we transitioned to karate. I got my black belt in Japan when I was 18. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, before my first, uh, you know, fight, I was already third degree black belt at uh, 21 and uh, maybe 22. But, you know, I immediately when I came to Vegas, it was the first time I ever did grappling and I fell in love with jiu-jitsu. Mm. I knew it was where I was lacking the most as well. Um, I did need to do a lot of adjustments in the striking, but I had zero ground. Mm. So I started doing jiu-jitsu twice a day, every day on top of boxing and MMA and everything I was doing. And um, a lot of people would come up to me and say, hey, jiu-jitsu, you know, so it kind of stuck. <laughs> and uh, Like I said, five out of my seven wins are by submission. So yeah, it made sense. I saw that and uh, that, I, I find that odd because it, I mean, uh, as somebody that that I, I I did the same thing. I started with karate and and got into jiu jujitsu later. I'm, I'm also probably like 20 years older than you, but it seems like uh it seems like uh you obviously you just said you tra- train twice a day when you fell in love with it, and uh, most of your wins come by submission. So how how did you how I, I just wonder how you transition into uh into the art so deep so fast? I mean, I guess it had something to do with uh consistency twice twice a day is uh is pretty hard is that fair uh yeah it's hard especially you know because i used to come for three months at a time like i said i felt like i was um there was a time limit and i could only train for a few months at a time and then when i had to go home i'd have to work you know because i didn't work in the u.s obviously Mm -hmm. so it was my time to just train go full at it and um i we would do my boxing, MMA, strength conditioning, but no matter what the schedule for the day was, I would still do two more sessions of jiu-jitsu, one in the morning, one in the evening. Has, has all your time been at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas? Correct. I've also trained, uh, I trained before Syndicate, I went to and trained with uh, Jimmy Giff, which is my striking coach to this day. And uh, I go do jiu-jitsu at uh, 10 Planet nowadays. Oh, wow, that's good for MMA because of the no gi. Um, I, does it does it seem like uh, just because of your your string of submission wins, people already default you as a jujitsu guy, and they, and the karate and the striking take them as by surprise? I don't think I take uh, anybody by surprise anymore. Mm. But at first, people did want to take me down, and then they would do it, you know, so um, so desperately that the choke would just be there or the submission mm. would just be there. And uh, at some point when people stopped wanting to grapple with me, I got to show a little bit what I can do on my feet. I've always kind of been interested, uh, especially being an old school fighter, kind of with international fighters and how they got into the, into the world of fighting um, in Israel. Were you uh, obviously there's the, the Krav Maga is the, is kind of a mm. national art, I guess you would say it's, it's kind of more survival. Um, how was mixed martial arts, uh, how was the world in, in, uh, Israel? Was it something that was around something that you could see, or was it, 
Was it something you see, had to seek out as you got older? Yeah, so in Israel, I would uh, do karate only. When I started out, when I was like 12, 13, I was watching Pride fights, uh, UFC. You know, I was waiting for the Crow Cup Federal fight, stuff like that. Back in the day, I was just a kid. But uh, when I looked to train in MMA online, I couldn't find anywhere. That's why I went. You know, I also wanted to learn Kung Fu and karate. For me, mm -hmm. it was all just martial arts. So I did go and learn karate. But at first, I seeked out to train in MMA. And I just couldn't. There was no place to. Not that I knew of anyway. And, um, you know, nowadays, the sport have evol has evolved in Israel. When I'm in Israel, now I can train MMA with uh, Roy Pariente. He's my trainer in Israel. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of black belts now in Israel. And mm -hmm. in jiu-jitsu tournaments, you can see, you know, we get medals in worlds and Europeans and everything. So the level is, has been flying in the last years. One of the, the, the original Israeli fighter that I remember, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, I'm sure you probably are, is a guy named Modi Hornstein, who fought yeah, in, a, a, I mean, I don't know, I assume he's a big name out there. Ed, if you're not familiar, he debuted at UFC 10, mm -hmm. fought uh, Martin, unfortunately was debuted against Mark Coleman, and then they decided to bring him back, I think, at UFC 14 and give him Mark Kerr. So he's one of those guys that uh, had, had a tough yeah, start. Yeah, Luck wasn't on his side. Yeah. No, but I saw him compete in an event called the... Uh, uh, Shidokan, it was a Shidokan event where it kind of wrapped up everything where you train, where the first round was actually kickboxing with gloves for three minutes, and then the second round was gi grappling, and then the third round was karate, bare-knuckle karate without strikes to the face. So it was actually, a, and it was an eight-man tournament, and that's why I saw him win that, um, probably in about 98, 99. Um, but, uh, it's uh, I just wondered, he's the name that pops into my head when I think of old school Israeli MMA. And uh, we've talked to the cut man for Bellator um, because they have events in Israel. And uh, he says now now those events are, are some of the most uh, exciting events that he's ever been a part of. He says them and uh, Dublin, Ireland are the uh, are, are the two places where the events have popped off and just been out of control. Great times. So. Have you, uh, you know, I know your focus is UFC, but uh, if Bellator came knocking with a contract to, to fight in Israel, would that be something that would uh, interest you? No, I already got offered a few times and I uh, declined. Oh, there it is. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, just because uh, Matt, Matt mentioned uh, old school karate and you, uh, you said you got your black belt from Japan. What style of karate is it? It's a uh, Weichiru. It's an Okinawan style. Oh, nice. And uh, I went and trained there, you know, the birthplace of karate. I trained there uh, for a few months when I got my black belt and beforehand. Uh, last, last year, I went back to Japan, but this time to train uh, Kyokushin mm -hmm. in uh, Tokyo. And uh, hopefully I'll be back there soon. Oh, nice. I mean, that's one thing about the in training in traditional karate. Uh, I, I feel like that's something that's that seems to be uh, not present. in, in as far as guys training in M newer guys training in MMA, the, the body conditioning that comes from karate. Is that something that you've noticed that, uh, in, your, in your experience training, you know, uh, in, in different styles? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, not being scared of getting hit mm -hmm. is, a big, uh, is a big part of it. At the same time, I've been uh, working a lot of point fighting in Las Vegas oh, with nice. a teacher called the Hero, uh, Hero Allen, Hiroshi Allen. Uh, he trains, you know, Teenagers who are going to be in the Olympics in uh, 2020. 
and as well as strong body conditioning, which is mm -hmm. one side. The other side is the point fighting of hitting and not getting hit, which is also super important. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, are there any UFC or, or high level pros that are your weight at syndicate that you train with daily? What are, what are some of the guys that are around your weight class? Around my weight class. Um, you know, we have, uh, Brendan Jenkins from LFA. Okay. Uh, Sherard Blackledge, um, Jordan Levitt, you know, a lot of guys were all coming up. Uh, the three of us that I just said were three of us are three I know right now. So uh, we're a lot of prospects all growing together. We got some UFC fighters, but uh, none from my weight. How, how do you how, how how do you handle the weight? Is it a, a rough cut for you? I mean, you fight at featherweight. What do you walk around at when you're when you're not in camp? I get as high as like one seventy five. Mm. That's it's pretty rough. Pretty, pretty rough, but. Uh, I'm getting better and better at it. You know, before, for my second profile, it was the hardest cut ever because mm. I took a nutritionist and I trusted him in 100% and listened to everything he said. And when he told me not to worry and to trust the process, so I did. But eventually I had to cut uh, 15 pounds of oh, water. Wow. So it was very hard. And in this last camp, I've been working with uh, perfecting athletes. And it was the easiest way to cut I ever had. I was on weight the night before and just felt great. So I'm going to be with them again. How far out do you start cutting weight? Like four to six weeks. Depends how high I get. So what are you at right now? Right now, like 169. Okay. Yeah, too, I mean, you still have, you still have time. Uh, what, what was the name of the people you said you use again? Perfecting athletes. Perfecting athletes. Yeah, I highly recommend them. Cool. Are they? Do you know if they have a website or anything that we could look at stuff? Yeah, I think they have. They they have like an Instagram, and I'm pretty sure they have a website. Well, cool. I'll look into them. Thank you. So, uh, are you a fan of the sport? I mean, obviously you compete in it, but are you someone who sits around on the weekends and watches fights, or do you do other things? Um, I am a fan, but. You know, the more I become a fighter, the less I become, the less of a fan I am. Like, if when I was a kid, I knew that uh, UFC one one hundred was gonna have Frank and Brock and GSP and whoever, now I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not sure who, what's the next event. If a friend uh, calls me over, invites me, I'll go and watch it and have fun. But I don't know like who's fighting. I know that Rose is fighting uh, this weekend, but. Other than that, I have no clue. Mm. So, uh, I mean, you talked about not being able to find much uh, video on your opponent. Is that something you do? I know there's some fighters that say they don't like to look at, at tape on their opponents. You know, they just like to be ready for whoever. What, what, what's your attitude when taking on a fight? No, I don't like to be ready for whoever. If, mm. if I need to, I'll be ready. You know, my amateur fights, there wasn't much footage of my opponent, so you just go in there and kind of swing it. Mm. But um, if I can sit down and watch their every move, uh, watch their tendencies, their habits, it makes the fight a lot easier. Like um, when me and my coach break down the fights and he tells me what he wants me to do, and I go out there and do exactly what we said, it's it just it feels like way more effective. 
So what do you know about Menno as far as, I mean, I know you said you couldn't find any video. Did you look at his record and, like, see how he likes to win? Is he a grinder or a wrestler? Like, what do you know about him? Yeah, he's a grinder, I think. Um, again, I could only see, like, a few clips of a few seconds, but I can see he's throwing bombs. He's kind of a headhunter, I guess. Um, good wrestling, solid wrestling. And I also I know like uh, what have been my faults in my last fight, and I know what he's gonna look to take advantage of, and I'm working on those uh, holes, you know. So will this be your first main card fight for LFA? No, the second one. The second one. Okay. Yeah, he's, um, he opened the the main card on the the last one, right? You still, you were the first fight on the main card. Yeah, correct. And yeah. perfect. Do you know your card placement on this one? Are you a few more few more fights up, or have they told you that yet? I think more. Um, they streamed the first fight on uh, Facebook. I'd rather be that fight, mm. so people in Israel can watch it because we don't have uh, access TV. Mm. So if I can be the first fight on the main card, they would be able to watch me online, which would be great. Oh, interesting. I did. I didn't know that they streamed. So they streamed the first fight of the main card on on Facebook. Yeah, I think so. Oh. That's what happened last time. So let me ask you, you, you said something interesting just a little bit ago. You, know, the, you mentioned your last fight. You won by decision. Uh, are you critical when you don't get the finish of yourself? I'm always critical, even when mm. I get the finish. You know, even uh, my second pro fight, I uh, got a guillotine in like 29 seconds, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, even then, looking at the footage, you know, me and my coach sat down and uh, – he said, you know, you still have uh, what to learn from it. And we were both bummed out by the fact that he did take me down. Mm. I was like, he, he was talking shit for a month, <laughs> saying he was going to take me down. Wow. And like, I choked him, but he did take me down. So props to him. Yeah. You mentioned growing up, you're watching the Pride fights. And obviously, you, you'd mentioned that you respectfully declined Bellator's contract options. And obviously, the UFC is the is the target goal, it sounds like. Um, you mentioned also going to Japan and getting your black belt there. Have you have you ever been contacted by uh, Ryzen? Nope. Would that be something that might interest you, or is UFC your your focus? Uh, I think it would be cool to fight for one or for Ryzen. I would love to fight in Asia. Yeah, I mean, that's a different – it's a totally you know, different experience. At some point, you know. Well, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, another couple wins here or, or at least one more. You're looking at the contender series is is what it sounds like. So, uh, I mean, you got if the UFC comes knocking, you don't turn that down. But uh, obviously, yeah, exactly. the, obviously, Japan would be fun. Uh, go ahead, Ed. No, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I think don't they uh, aren't they very last minute when they let you know? I, I know they like to announce like uh, the initial the initial um, contender series, but they're they're doing it different this year. I uh, I think they're doing some on ESPN Plus, or or is it strictly on ESPN Plus? I forget how they're doing it, but like you could still get called any minute after after your fight in June. You know, it goes throughout the summer, so you, you're gonna you after June seventh, you you might you you you'd be available if, if you know, hope God willing, you finish the fight and and uh, walk away injury free. Yeah, that would that would uh, work out. I sure hope so. What's your contract situation with LFA? Are their contracts basically open where if the UFC comes calling, you can go no matter no matter what your situation is? Or are you locked in with fights with them? Right now we're uh, signing per fight. That makes sense. That's yeah. smart. 
Yeah, I mean, they they sign a lot of guys from there. I mean, um, I'm, I, I usually off the top of my head, I, I know uh, where a lot of the contender guys that came from there, but um, I, I don't know why I can't think of any now. Probably because I took medication before this, but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, so the uh, Matt had mentioned that you had done some jujitsu uh, mission only things, or you were in the world and stuff. Um, well, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, are you, did you say you were a black belt in jiu-jitsu too? Or, or no, what no, level I'm are you? No, no, I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, so you're competing in, uh, I, I mean, you're, you're racking up submissions. You don't seem like it from, from what the, the, the footage I saw, I, I would say like purple brown from what I saw, but you're a competitor. There's always difference. There's differences. Yeah, between exactly. The, yeah. There's a yeah. Difference. So you you won the Gracie uh, what was it the Gracie Open and the Gracie Worlds last year is yeah, that is that right the the nationals in the open weight and the and Gracie Worlds in my weight like my weight was one seventy five at that point. What's the biggest guy you had to go up against at open weight? Uh, like two twenty I think. Big guy. Wow. And that was at blue belt. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> that explains why you're subbing 145ers if <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking out the bigger guys. What uh, do you see yourself staying at 145, or is there is is it something that you? I mean, is that the weight class you feel comfortable at, or do you see yourself eventually moving up? And I see myself staying at 145 for the time being. You know, uh, like I said, my last cut was the easiest. Mm. So I really don't see you know if I can make weight the day before. I'm fine for now. So, how's the fan base? Uh, I mean, I, I, I uh, they, it seems like they're, they're, as far as like, uh, like, uh, I mentioned the stuff Ron Crook was saying on air about you. He, he said that you have a pretty deep following. Like, like how many, how many fans come into the, uh, you know, uh, wearing the shirts and stuff in the arena that, that like the jujitsu shirt that you have on, or and you and flag waving and stuff like that. I mean, do, did you bring a lot in the last time? Uh, last time, no, because it was in uh, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of the fans are uh, Jewish, and they can come to fights on uh, Friday night, mm. which is a problem. Oh yeah, yeah. But but whoever can comes out and support. You know, we always have like uh, at least a dozen or two uh, coming, bringing flags. You know, cheering, and it really helps. Uh, you know, it makes you feel at home, and even when I'm. At the other guy town in California, and uh, it's he's supposed to be the local guy, and everybody's cheering in my name. It feels good, and I'm sure it uh, messes them up a little bit. Is there anything you do at weigh-ins to to mess with your uh, opponent, like as far as the ceremonial weigh-ins, or when you do the face-off or anything? No, nothing really to mess with them. I just you know look them in the eye, like mm. like I learned since I was a kid. If somebody wants to beat you up. You know, you can look in their eye like just for a second and make them rethink. Mm-hmm. So, just you know, make them rethink their choices and look into their souls, kind of. But yeah, not really to like be a bully or anything. It's just this is what I learned. Somebody you're gonna fight him. That's how you look him in the eyes. Well, you look like you have a lot of fun in there. I can tell. I mean, from what I saw when I was doing my homework on you, I mean, obviously it's a fight, so it's not that fun because you're trying to avoid not get getting hurt but uh i mean it you, your energy just seems positive when you fight yeah you know every time i fight the 
the thing I'm thinking the most is like just how lucky I am because I could not be here. I could be, you know, working in some office or something. Could be somewhere hating my life, but I'm out here. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, training all day. I'm with my buddies. We're just punching each other, having fun. And then one day I go out there and get to compete. It's kind of like... Um, it is stressful a little bit to fight, but at the same time, like, wow, how lucky am I to just be here and do that in front of all these people? Have you avoided any injuries in your fight so far? Or have you have you had anything that sidelined you at any point? Uh, I broke my hand in my last amateur fight. So that kept me out of fighting for like nine months. And um, I've been active since, you know, I've, I wish I would have been more active. But sometimes the fight just won't work out. So I had a few times I had to wait like five, six months between fights. But I'm always ready. I'm always good to go. Do you find that uh, activity makes you... Uh, someone did a... I forget who it was. It was an old site that I used to write for. But someone did a survey. And it seemed like that as far as like a less downtime... So, and it, see, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it makes sense when I say it. But it seems like from the data he gathered anyway, the the more... The less inactivity you have, like the more fights you get, the less the the less you get injured. Is that something that seems like it's the case for you? Mm, I wouldn't know because yeah. I only been through one way, you know. Yeah. I never had like a point when I could fight every month. Uh, first, it was because of visa issues, and then when you mm. fight pro, you know, not everybody wants to fight you, and you can. Uh, there's not shows where they want to book you all the time. But uh, I feel like I've been mostly injury-free because of my style. And, um, you know, I don't get hit much in the head. Um, nor in the body, really, when I'm sparring and when I'm fighting. So uh, it works out when somebody gets me in a nasty submission. I just tap, no ego, no worries. Um, I always good. rather not tap and fight to get out of it. But when I feel it, it puts me in danger, if it's yeah. a neck crank or whatever, I'll just tap. Good job, man. Let's keep rolling, and then we can just train more. It's refreshing to hear that, considering yeah. that you know there's a lot of people that are the opposite, and you see so many training injuries that they're affecting people's careers. But um, you, you know, you can you can never like stop injury injuries completely. You can never, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, completely stay away from them, but. You can definitely manage and do your best to not get injured and not act uh, a fool, you know? Well, if you're 27 and you haven't suffered any kind of knees or neck injuries and stuff like that, you're you're definitely on the right path. I mean, there's obviously going to be the broken hands and, and stuff like that that you really can't avoid in a, in a fight situation. But um, as long as your knees and your ligaments and everything are holding up and you're, you know, being willing to tap out is, is obviously huge in that We as we see fighters who are blowing their knees out and, and – stuff left and right uh, in in training Um, yeah and you know also one more thing is choosing your sparring partners and you know sometimes they're going to be a huge guy or somebody who's spazzy and he wants to no thank you brother yeah 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 no next time no thank you bro you know it's funny it's funny that you're mentioning that because i actually had a really long conversation with a very spazzy blue belt that i trained with and um you know i saw him he, he put uh 
he put a some guy he's only been a month he put him in a crazy heel hook and i had to say yo the guy's only he doesn't even know what that is yet what are you doing and i i had to take him to the side you know I'm the, i was the, i was the i was running the class so i took him to the side and i said listen i was like you need to be a little more looser i mean sometimes flowing is good for you because the guy was too spazzy and too rough so um it's nice to see that that obviously because the the mentality has to change and, and guys like you are are good representatives for the sport when when uh when you when you when you say what things like you just said about about you know you you live to fight another day when, if you know that if the move is in and the yeah, guy has it you know then the way you get to train you don't miss any training time and you can sign up for the next fight rather than sit out you know eight months recovering from an injury that's that's very refreshing yeah. to hear so i think that's it i mean uh yeah we're getting close to wrapping up here do you uh, have any uh sponsors or anything you want to throw out or uh anything like that uh, sure, would like to take uh, Venom, big thank you, um, Pro Body Israel, Salzport, uh, Tasty Clean, Ducanon, and um, I think that's it. If I forgot anybody, I'm sorry, and I love, uh, I love all my sponsors. Thank them, I thank all my fans, and anybody who supports me, thank you guys for having me. What, um, what about your Twitter handles or your, your, uh, any, your uh, Instagram? What, what is that? Uh, my Instagram is Nathan underscore Levy, and my Twitter is Levy underscore Nathan, N-A-T-A-N-L-E-V-Y. Awesome. I look forward to it. I'm going to try to get uh, credentialed up and come out and cover your fight on the uh, 7th out there be in awesome. uh, Cabazon. Um, just out of curiosity, what size shirt do you wear? We have podcast shirts, and I try to get them for my guests. Medium. Medium. Okay, I'll work on getting one of those. Um so that's pretty much it. As usual, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at MMA Hawk on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter and at Carbizal on Instagram. Uh, we look forward to your fight on uh, June 7th for LFA uh, 69 on, uh, on Access TV. Um, also, fans, there's a big UFC event this weekend uh, that coincides with a big Bellator event. So uh, plenty of action this weekend for the fans. Um, till next week, Ed, I, I look forward to talking to you about the fights and, uh, good luck in everything, uh, Natan, and, and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, guys. All right, thank you.